Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And Doug, what is a uh, ritual or um, uh, superstition that you have? Like, what's let's not I would not not, hmm. not like an irrational one or a crazy one, just any of them. Because I feel like you're not a man that has a ton, but I'm sure everyone has one or two. So what is what is what is a superstition or a ritual that you have that you're like? It makes no sense, but I have to do this. When I was in improv, I would do something to try to like focus myself right before I went on stage. And it was something very simple. It was I'd rub my hands together like this. I'd stretch them out and then I'd clap. And I'd be like, that was that was my I learned that in wrestling where like my coach said, you know, people when they would have situation, they would do something physical to be like, all right, forget it. We're focused. We're moving on. Like, let's focus on the moment. Sometimes it was clapping or whatever. And so for me, sometimes I'd be like a bundle of nerves before I went on stage. So like I got in this habit of like, all right, we're going to do our thing before we go on. We're going to rub our hands, stretch them out, clap, and we're in it and let's go. That's what we're going to do. I like that. All right. So, I did. I I should have guessed it was going to come from the world of improv because yeah. that that just makes sense that yeah. there, there's a lot of any performer uh, typically performer or athlete typically has their their things that they do to make sure that they're in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. How about yeah. you? What do you got? I uh, one that I have. It's inexplicable. I have no reason to do it. But uh, every time I get on a plane, I have to uh, I as I'm walking onto the plane, I pat the side of the plane twice with my right hand. No idea. Like, I don't know where it's like, as wait, I'm coming what, on, you're coming on. Like so like you just reach, the door. You, you lean over someone already sitting down and pat the window, but like good plane. No, no, yes, exactly. I go this. I'm sorry. I love seat 11 a, if I could mm-hmm. just, if real quick, just, I'm sorry. Yeah. And if it's a dude, it's even better. If it's yeah. a big dude, yeah. even better. No, on the outside, as you're walking into the plane, it's like the, the threshold of the door. Oh, okay. Like the, so you're like like the outside boom, boom. of the plane. I just, yeah. yeah, you could, you, and I can always mask it with like, it just looks like you're kind of steadying mm-hmm. yourself as you're stepping over the threshold, but just tap, tap the side of the plane twice. For okay. some reason, I've always done that ever since I was a One kid. of these days, they're like, he's just put a bomb on the plane. Get him! You know? That's, that's why I'm always cautious. I'm like, I didn't do anything. I'm just touching it. Yeah. I'm like, don't yeah. you touch it. Don't you touch Ruby. The yeah. ruby of the sky. The ruby of the sky. Get your hands off the ruby. She's too pure for you, you <laughs> Swedish fuck. <laughs> I can tell. what the pilots, I can't tell you how many pilots I've had come out of the cockpit right at me. Just yeah. yelling. Yelling. Just like, you look at this fuck. Swedish fuck right here. Hey, get out the fucking meatballs for this guy. They do accents like Doug does accents. Right? It's but incredible. Like, Ya hate their dog, va hate their do, you know? <laughs> Get out the fucking meatballs for this sweet over here. This Swedish fuck oh. right here. Hey, oh, meatballs. Oh. <laughs> oh, look at you and your Luke fish. Hey. Hey, and your lingonberries. <laughs> and your you socialism. Got some, 
You got some lingonberries on you, kid. I'll tell you that much. To touch yeah, this fucking step, ruby. Touching this fucking ruby and stepping in my fucking plane. You, you got, got some lingonberries. The lingonberries on this guy. Oh, my God. Every time. Every time. Uh, so, um, quick update. Uh, last Friday, we played the new Jackbox game. Jackbox yes. Party Pack 10. Had a fucking blast. Maybe mm, my new favorite so- pack so far. I'm so jealous. We hit all the games. One of them is a rhythm-based game, okay. like Guitar Hero. Sure. Surprised me was the least favorite of most of the people. Really? A lot of people don't like rhythm-based games, I guess. Also, I can't imagine it was a great streaming experience for people watching. Just okay. What, what was what like? What did because because they're the, you're the only person they can see. So I, I see like what's yeah. coming out. My they just see like a whole bunch of birds barfing out stuff. <laughs> Like, they don't see any. I'm just like, oh, my God, this is way harder than I thought it would be. And then they're like, cool. And now let's watch how bad you all did. It was probably not the best. It's fun to play. Not really fun for streaming. Um, And then there was a game that was pure and utter chaos um, where there's a text chat, like from an SMS, if you will. And three people, up to four people, are responding to this text at the same time in real time. Oh boy. It is. So that what's was, the how do you like what's the explain the actual rules of that game to me? Because I don't know. That understand. game is Why like there's a prompt that? that says like someone accidentally sent a text they're a wrong number and they text you and this is what they wrote. How would you respond? And then okay. all of you are trying to respond, but the problem is sometimes someone will put their cursor in the middle of the word that you're typing and it turns into something completely different and it's just pure and utter nonsense and then people vote on their favorite words and sequences in it uh, as to what it comes out as and it is oh i I have a hard time wrapping my head around this game because so it was it was so as you're typing it's like being on a google it's like being on a google doc yes with four people okay that's yeah man and you have a certain amount of time and people are trying to type shit out and you have a certain number of characters that you can type out and That's it turns crazy. into just pure insanity. A lot of people <laughs> like that one. I did not like that one. I was like, this is just a little too chaotic for me. It's I don't really enjoy ca- it. Yeah. I was like, I like coherent jokes. <laughs> this is just a mess. And I'm not this is madness. here for it. Yeah. There's TKO2, which is essentially where you draw a design of something. And then someone will put like a descriptor or like just like a, a slogan and then you pair them up and then you try to basically battle with each other to see which okay. one is better and you vote and then you can actually get those things put on a t-shirt, a tank top oh, or a sweatshirt. You can order it and get it sent. So similar to how you uh, you had a few shirts gifted to you a See, that was TKL1. This is TKO2, yeah. then, which right. I'm not good at drawing and we have a couple really good artists that were playing. So it was, it was definitely very, very interesting. Um... And then what else was there? There was one that was just, it was a cool trivia game, but it deal, it deals with time. So it's like um, they would give you a range on a timeline and it'd be like uh, the year the Titanic sunk. It's like 1870 to 1945. And you have to try and put the, the year that you thought happened. And the closer to get, you get the better. You want the lowest score possible. It's like golf. Right. So you so the closer you get to it, the better that it is. And it's just a whole bunch of like time stuff. And then it'll be like, we're time traveling. It's like, check out this thing from the 80s. It's like it would give you some sort of reference to the 80s. And you have to try to guess the right answer from that. 
uh, the that 90s. That sounds like a 2000s. fun game. I feel like I could dig that Really game. fun. I, I'm thinking yeah. as far as like safe for work games that I like to pull out, yeah, that yeah. would totally be one I would play out and be like, this would be really, really fun to do. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. And then there was one that I really enjoyed that I wish we would have had time to play again. It's where you are given a prompt for something. For me, mm-hmm. my it was uh, we did we did two different rounds. I was a beach volleyball player, and they would ask you questions like, "What you know? You're going to prom. Like, what is uh, what, what's what's your theme for your prom?" And you would type it out, and then you would see everyone else's response, and then it's like, "All right, there are three places to put yourself. Pair yourself up with the person with the people that you think match who you are." And you're like, based on the responses, you're like, so there'd be another beach volleyball player that you no, know, there's a category, but you don't know what the categories mm. are. So you're like, well, I'm a beach volleyball player. But then this person says this. So should we all be in one spot? But the trick is there's two categories and there's one rando and the rando doesn't have a category. And you're trying so they're to, just typing anything. They're like, I think I fit here. They're like, do you? And you, at the end of it, you have to decide, vote who you think is the odd one out. Oh, no. <laughs> and if you're right, everyone gets points. The, the, uh, that person doesn't. But if, if that person survives that, then they get the points. And so it was So it's almost wild. like Among Us meets... Uh, 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 like among Us meets Guess Who meets Spyfall. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a weird amalgamation. Because part of it is like you like don't it. know for sure. You're like, wait, am I the yeah. odd one out? Uh, because right, right. also the first round was pretty straightforward. It was like basically people associated with food. There was Olympic sports, and then there was Wolf, <laughs> who was like a dreamer. Like, <laughs> and then the next round it was like things you can eat, things you can drink, and then Brie. And but the things you could eat were things like I was corn. And then Wolf was vitamins. Like they were weird things. They were like a little more specific and a little strange where you're like, wait, what? Okay. So it was very, very fun. And I, I really, huh. really enjoyed that one. It was, I wish we would have had time to play that one again. So overall, All right. fantastic. We're going to be playing that again. And I definitely, we need to check our calendars and get you in for yes, the next one. Cause 100%. I think you'll like it. Yeah. It'll yeah. be fun. I, be a good time. We also have to make sure that I can, I can, what well, way do I have to have it? You just need to have an internet browser, buddy. That's all you Good, need. Good, okay. I or just want to make sure that it's not 64-bit, 32-bit nope. uh, nope. you know, compatibility thing with nope. this fucking Mac. Okay. Nope. Nope. Great. Nope. Great. It was a great time. Really great time. Check us out on Fridays or Saturdays, 8 p.m. Central Time, right here. YouTube.com slash Podcast. I host a video game stream. This Friday, I'm going to be playing, is it For the King 2? I'll be playing with Gunch and Seth. We're going to be fired up. It's a new game. I had the original and it'll be fun. It's like a turn-based fantasy game. I think it's going to be a lot nice. of fun. Just the three of us. So that'll be pretty cool. Super nice. cool stuff. Uh, well, that, Justin, I have something that we didn't discuss in our production meeting that I want to throw out to you now. All right. I saw a new thing Don't on click the on list. It. Don't click I, on it. All right. I will not click right, on it. Because I think you I'll need to. Are you familiar with the shopping cart theory, Justin? No. Okay. Apparently, this was a big deal back in 2020, but this escaped my radar. I wasn't aware of it. Okay. And um, it, 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 it blew up by someone anonymous on Reddit and they posted this and it was a big deal. And I, I just came across it recently. So this is the shopping cart theory. I want you to listen. I want you to tell me what you think about this. All right. All right. Go ahead. The post says the shopping cart is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. To return the shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and one which we <laughs> all recognize is the correct, appropriate thing to do. 
To return the shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart. Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one will punish you for not returning the shopping cart. No one will fine you or kill you for not returning the shopping cart. You gain nothing by returning the shopping cart. You must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it is the right thing to do because it is correct. A person who is unable to do this is no better than an animal, an absolute savage who can only be made to do what is right by threatening them with a law and the force that stands behind it. The shopping cart is what determines whether a person is a good or a bad member of society. This could be an ass practical, Doug, and I thought about throwing it in there for that, but I felt like this was so special and needed its own segment. That this, I could not... I literally could not agree more with everything that is stated in that post. That that I, I've never thought of it in that regard, but man, is that true? Yes. That is the absolute, and it reminds me of a YouTuber that Bob just showed me the last time he was up here called Cartnark. Okay. Have you heard of this? I feel like is this the guy who goes out and basically if people don't put their cart away, he puts it behind their car and forces them to yep. put it away. And he basically and he makes everyone turn into a Karen. Mm-hmm. And he's, 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 there are some times where he, I will admit, I'm like, okay, you are, you're stepping over the line now, but I would say 80% of the time he's just showing the, the, the worst and worst of the worst of the people who are out there. But yes, like it's so simple to put your card away and it is absolutely one of those. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's such a, it's such a great example with uh, minimal, uh, risk or, or, you know, it, it doesn't hurt it. Like, can't think of the word I'm saying, but it it has no real effect on anyone. Mm-hmm. But it's such a great way, it's such a great litmus test for where do you sit on the on the are you chaotic good? Yes. Are you you know do you do you take it back and just kind of let it sit in front of the store? Mm. You know because you took it back, but it's still kind of out there. Mm-hmm. You know it still could blow out. Yeah. Are you uh, you know are you lawful uh, lawful good where it's like right in line, or do you take it back and put it back in the store in the sh- in the cart uh, the mm-hmm. cart rack? Where where do you sit on this? So uh, I I. Super mega loathe anyone who does not put their card away, with the exception of the folks who park in the handicap spots, because okay. those folks, I've seen some of the folks that are just like, listen, it was a, it was I was lucky to get in and out of the store, and I think they should have their own separate handicap like parking spot stall for their carts. So I Ooh, never fault yeah. anyone who just like, hey man, I got in out like no problem whatsoever. Like I'm never gonna fault anybody for that. So aside from that stuff. I've never known a situation where I was in such a fucking hurry that I couldn't put the card away. Right. There's, I mean, could you mm-hmm. say there's an earthquake? Sure, sure. And I still, I wouldn't put the earth, I wouldn't put it away in the earthquake. Okay. But I don't think there's that, even when I'm grabbing groceries and I'm like, I'm in a hurry. What, 10 seconds? 10 explosive, seconds? Explosive diarrhea, Doug? Yeah. I mean, that could be tough. But what? I'm at my car and I have explosive diarrhea. What's the ending result for that? I'm getting in my car? Like, like what's that's, what's what's happening there, you know? That's fair. Yeah, exactly. I might you might just want to take those extra couple steps and be like, hey, this is happening. Yeah, right. 
Because I'm gonna go too, back into the store and buy more pants. Because I, I brought this up to Jill today. Because at one point she was talking about like we were talking about the very first jobs we had, and she had an sure. under the table paid job at a convenience uh, at a, at a um, not convenience store a, a a snack stand. What do you call those? <clears throat> okay. uh, whatever. Um, and she was I don't know. 16 like at the, the airport kind of thing like a, no like it was like, like at a, a like um i don't know like a okay. sporting event at, like in her small town like she oh, run, okay. run, yeah. the, run the stand or whatever the concession stand concession that's what it was and um like the person that owned it would just be like here are the keys she'd open it up she'd handle all the money she'd close awesome. it down mm-hmm. and she's like yeah like i ran that with no problem i go let me ask you a question at that age did you put your sh- shopping cart away when you went grocery shopping and she sat there and just stood it and looked at me she goes she was so confused. She goes, "I didn't work at a grocery store." I'm like, "Trust me, we'll get we'll get to where I'm going <laughs> we'll get with this." <laughs> just 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 answer this question. Join me, I, join me on the journey. Follow me for a minute. And she yeah. goes, "I don't directly recall, but I'm pretty sure I did because my mom didn't. So I'm pretty sure that I did that." I go, "That's the I went through this with her." I go, "And that's why you you're good at self governing, which is why you were given the opportunity to do this because you can govern yourself." And yeah. uh, yep, I brought that up, but I I um. I get really frustrated because I was trying to find a comparable thing to it. Like at the gym, I see a lot of people who will like get out the paper towels to wipe down the equipment. And then like, I just see clumps of paper towels around, like people don't throw them away. And I'm like, it's possible they forgot. It's possible they got dropped, whatever. Like I can give some people the benefit of the doubt, you know, but when it comes to the shopping cart, you literally most of the time are putting the groceries in the back of your car. So last bag comes out, puts into your car you are then touching the shopping cart so there's no oops i forgot it's like it's literally right there and you have to make a choice do you take it where it belongs or do you just like chuck it or and i judge people harshly on whether or not they put that back because it's minimal effort yes it's some of the most minimal effort you'll ever have to put out to put that card away yeah it's just the easiest thing to do. And I've done that my whole life. Like I've always put them away. And nowadays I'll try to be like, oh, you've got like the different size carts. I'm like, are some of these in the wrong fucking place? I will switch them. I'll put them where they belong because I'm just like, yeah. someone's got to grab these fucking things. Why make it harder for them? It's like the people oh, yeah. that go to a restaurant and leave a disaster in their wake. And I'm like, oh, yep. Why would you do that? Like wh- someone has to clean that up. And it's if it's like, well, that's their job. It's like, do, did you have to make it harder for them? Right. Like if I'm at a restaurant and I get a, just even some crumbs around the side of the plate, uh, you'll see me sweeping them up and putting them back on the plate. I just yeah. I feel I just feel bad. I'm like, yes, it is. Someone's paid to clean this table. But at the same time, I don't need to make I don't need to I don't need to uh, actively produce work for them. No. They've got enough. They can they're going to bust the plates. That's that's enough, you know. Yeah. I've seen I pulled into yeah. parking spot like into grocery stores lots and there's just a cart in the middle of a parking space. I'm like, "Congrats. Yeah. No one can park there now. Way to right. go, asshole." Like I have to get out, move this. Yeah. Then get back in. I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm in the middle of the uh, of the lane now. You know, and I'm potentially backing up other. It's just it's it is the uh, the utmost uh, insult to society if you do that. Yeah. I used to work at the Container Store in Chicago, mm. and and absolutely, and so we would have to every once in a while we'd go. Now, if you uh, if you happen to be someone who uh, uh, partook in uh, tobacco uh, products at that time, what a what a wonderful way to get out and have your smoke break. Go walk sure. the parking lot and do that. But 
you know, middle of the winter, if you mm. didn't smoke, uh, you know, it was it was a pain in the ass if you if you got that job because you're going out and you're just walking the parking lot looking for dumb dicks, some asshole yeah. who left their cart all the way on the other side in Crate and Barrels section. Yeah. And you've got to, you know, it says the container, so you've got to pull that back and now you've got to march it all the way back in. And I'm like, this was unnecessary. This was absolutely unnecessary. There are stalls staggered throughout the lot that you can that for your convenience you know that mm-hmm. will go i don't i don't need to go and wrangle one by one throughout the parking lot i gotta give kudos to aldi on that one because they have that shit figured out where it's like you want a cart you got to give us a quarter <laughs> and you want right. to put this back we'll give you your quarter back but sure. you gotta you gotta do this and that shit gets corralled real easily like people know exactly where to get them and they they're right, right at the front of the store and you know it's i'm it, like isn't Who would it have funny? Thought? All it takes is a quarter. I was going to say, isn't it funny how just such a nominal value of money is is enough to have people in, literally invest in the process? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just it's amazing that it doesn't have to be you don't have to pay me a dollar or ten dollars. Like it can be a quarter, and that that simple act of giving up something mm-hmm. and you know you'll get it back. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing what it does in the psyche. Yeah, I just I don't know. The, it's the same thing like when I see litter. I understand litter to a certain degree. I don't agree with it, but I understand if someone's like, you'd be in Chicago and you're like, I got this bag of garbage, you know, from wherever, name name the place. It's like, where can I go to deposit this? It's like, you got to walk to the other end of this long ass city block to go throw this away. I, and again, it shouldn't be that hard to do that. Right. But I get why people are like, I'm not fucking doing that, <clears throat> you know, it's well, not right, but you know. I, I see, I don't see why they do that because the, something that I've noticed like here in Grand Rapids is there are so few, and it's too, much to my chagrin. Like it, it really bothers me. There's so few public uh, trash cans. Like they mm-hmm. usually are at, around the bus stops, and they're you know in front of some public parks. But like they're not like it's not just on like every every corner, every other corner, like it is in Chicago. So coming from that to here, I was just like, well, where the fuck does everyone? If you're just out and about, you've got something to throw away. Yet you don't see that much trash around here, and so yeah. I'm like, it's doable. It is. You, if you just don't act like an animal, mm-hmm. you can do this. You know, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can you can do that, and that's where I I always found, you know, uh, Walt Disney fascinating because he just watched people. He's like, roughly how far do they walk with garbage before they just give up and just <laughs> drop it? And he's like, about twenty feet. Cool. Let's yeah. put garbage cans every twenty feet in our parks. Yeah. And you go to Disney, you'll never not find a garbage can ready to go because he was like, let's watch the human condition and let them do the work for us. Instead of like having people go around and have to, you know, they still clean excessively, but they're like, at the very least, we'll have it within eye shot of all the stuff and then people can just throw their shit away. Yeah. And that way they do it for them. But yeah, I littering is dumb. If someone's just like, they just drop it. I'm like, that's so disrespectful. And it's people, taking everything in my power, walking behind people, just watching them. If they've, you know, you, I'm, how many times have you in Chicago you've been walking behind someone and you just see them drop their hand? They're doing something up here and they drop their hand, and sure enough, something falls to the ground. It has taken everything in my power in my time in Chicago to not pick that up and go, I'm sorry, you dropped this. The only reason yeah. I didn't do it is because I did not want to get shot. Yeah, I, I saw it once where someone was at a stoplight, they opened up their passenger side door. They put a bag of McDonald's down on the road, Jesus closed the door, Christ. and then drove away. I was like, what? You can't even have that in your car? Right. You well, just, and 
Yeah. What do you th- what do you think that goes? Like, I really want to sit there and just go like, where do you think that goes? And that it's the it's the mentality of well, I I can do it. It's not everyone's going to do it. So if I do it, I'm just one person. And it's uh-huh. that's that mentality where I'm like, ah, you're one of the sick fucks of this world. I learned about that uh, philosophy utilitarianism uh, in college, where yeah. it was the, the example was given like. If you walk on the grass where you're not supposed to, it's not that big of a deal, right? Nothing's going right. to happen. But if everybody walks on it, that grass won't survive. And that grass turns to dirt and it becomes a footpath. So consider the impact you're making by contributing to that. Like, yeah, right. you're just one person. But if multiple people do that, it has an effect. Mm-hmm. And that's why you can, you can flip this anyway, right? It's like, Oh yeah, you know, like oh I, yeah, I th- I do my best that I can to do my part because I can control myself. I can control my actions. I'm going to throw my shit away. I'm going to pick up after myself because I that's just what I choose to do, and I want right. to do that. It makes me feel good to do it. I know that I'm contributing overall. I'm not going to make someone else's life more difficult because I'm just being a lazy fuck. And right. at the end of the day, does it kill anybody if I do this? No, but it's also a dick move. And I don't want to be a dick to somebody at the end of the day. And, you know, and on the flip side, it's like, I'm the same way. I would, I have, you know, fantasies where I just, you know, grab someone's garbage and just like shove it in their mouth, you know, and then, you know, be like, take that, you you Swedish fuck, you know, and... (laughs) It's always the Swedes, always man. The I'll tell you. Swedes. Always the Swedes. I saw this uh, great uh, sketch of this woman who's just like talking to her husband. She's like, I fucking had it. This place is a disaster. I'm tired of cleaning up. I'm over. And he goes, honey, here's what we have a magic table. She's like, what are you talking about? He goes, look, I put stuff on this table all the time and I leave it there and anywhere from 24 to 72 hours it just disappears it goes right back to where it needs to go he goes i leave i put shit here all the time and it just goes where it needs to go and it's just like he's describing he's like i leave here and she's like you're the reason why this is happening he's like it's crazy right and then it just cuts smash cuts to him in therapy where he's just like she wants a divorce (laughs) the therapist is like wait you have a magic table too and then, like, that's where it cuts. Like, <laughs> just yeah, the idea, it, like, it, yeah, same concept of like, just, yeah, it's someone else is going to clean it up for me, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't have to do it. I, it's not my responsibility. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's, I think that's really what, not to, you know, make this so, I mean, but that, what, that's what this is. That's what this whole, uh, think, uh, thought experiment is. But it, it is, that's one of the big things that's wrong with, uh, society now is everyone is, I don't have it's it's not my responsibility. No mm-hmm. one wants to take responsibility for anything. No one wants to help improve. I'm just one person. I'm just going to do for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we've lost a lot of we've lost a lot of traction as a, as a, a human race because of that. It's very selfish. I would say specifically with Americans too, it's pretty bad because yeah. it's the idea of I have the right to do what I want. It's like, okay, doesn't mean there's not consequences. <laughs> right. Freedom. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes, so, but and I'm trying to teach Natalie that. Like the other, just the other day, she like took off her shoes and some uh, wood chips came out of the ground. And I just I didn't say anything. I'm like, we'll see what happens. And I see her like lightly kicking them under the table. I go, hey, what uh, what are you doing there? What's going she, on here? She's like, oh, um, I don't want Loki to get them. I'm like, so you're kicking them under the table? And she kind of looked at me sheepishly. I go, who do you think's gonna pick those up? 
I go, they don't magically disappear under the table. Like right. if you make a mess and that's fine, we all make a mess. You do your part and pick it up because otherwise someone else is going to have to do that. And that's not cool. And she's 100%. pretty good. Like she's very anti-littering and stuff like that. And we've had a lot good. of conversations good. about that and whatever. But like that was a moment where I'm like, what do you what do you think you're doing there? Huh? Just tap, tap, tap under the table. I'm like, mm-hmm. and no one will miss these. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. No, you don't. You know, let's not do yeah. that. So, yeah, it's important that we try. It's And it's, again, folks, minimal effort here, okay? Right. If you're one of the people that, that doesn't put their shopping cart away, I would challenge you to do it. It's not that hard. It's not going to take you that much time. And we all need the steps, okay? Yeah. We can do it, all right? Park closer to a shopping cart corral. That's what I do. So I can just get done and go, whoop, done, you know? Forward planning. Yeah. It's called forward planning. Yes. Figure out where you're going. What door are you going to go in and come out? Yeah. And where's the nearest corral? And guess what? Your trip just got that much easier. Right. I'll tell you, I'll, hot take. Small tangent off of this. Um, parking at the front of a store, overrated. Drastically overrated. Oh, it's so unneedless. It's needlessly busy up there. Yeah. It yeah. actually stresses me out because uh-huh. you have way more to worry about parking and then getting out of there. Yes. Way more. I you got a, gladly a, a park. higher concentration of people walking by. Dude, Costco, I go to the back corner of yep. Costco where it is always empty and there's a fucking cart corral. Park yep. next to that. More than happy to walk. Get extra steps in and just sure. I'm like, no problem. I do not give a shit. I see people circling trying to get that perfect spot. And I'm like, listen, if you need to be that close. Because you have a disability, fucking go for it, man. I'm all here for you. I support you. You sure. do you. If you are not that person, take the extra steps, pal. You could, yeah. you could, we all could use them. All right. It's not that big of a deal. This, the, the people that hunt for that stuff, I'm like, I hope it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, if there's, if, if there's, you'll see, like, uh, yeah, like the uh, consolidation of cars and then like one spot, more cars two spots, maybe one or two cars. And you can see it start to open up. I have no problem going to the very end of that. I don't need to find those one or two spots in the middle mm-hmm. of all those cars. Go to the end, park right in, and there's still people who I came in behind who are still trying to find a spot. And I'm like, yeah. guys, there's a, there's a shitload pick here. It's all good. Don't yeah. worry about it. Just find yeah. a spot and go. You're going to be fine. Yeah. I promise. I yeah. promise. <laughs> so let us know what you think about the shopping cart theory. Yeah. Are, you, are you on board with it? Does this truly the apex example of whether or not you can self-govern or whether or not you're a good human sound off in the comments. Let us know. I'd love to hear from you. I would love yeah. to hear from you and your thoughts on it. Cause I actually saw a couple articles that went into what I would assume they thought was deep philosophical debate on this. And I'm like, I think you're reaching here. I think you're overthinking this. <laughs> Wait. So are you saying that uh, it's not a good litmus test for some people are like the problem with the shopping cart theory. I'm like, Oh, do tell. Oh, we're actually dissecting it as mm-hmm. a, okay, got it. No, yeah. Like, tell me more about why this is not a good litmus test. They're like, Aristotle said that the definition of self-governing is, I'm like, okay, okay. sure. That's exactly what that is. Fuck good off. You. you know you know what we can do here, what we're looking at. All right, relax. Right. This was also an anonymous post on fucking Reddit. <laughs> Show your tits. All right, relax. It might, you know what? For all we know, it might have been Cartnark who posted it. Could have been, could have been, and that could we have don't been. Don't know. Yeah, that Cartnark knows what's up. You know. Yeah. So, speaking of knowing what's up, I yeah. want to jump to this one because uh, you're a big old Beatles fan, mm, and I know what's up. 
earlier this week, I'm so I'm sorry. Right now, I'm seeing on my phone that Natalie is using the Apple TV remote downstairs, and I desperately. You so bad. I know. I told you all this before, but whenever Natalie does that, I hop in there and try to type fart or poop as quickly as I can. Because <laughs> either she's talking into it, because she's just talking into it, and she'll be like, Alvin and the chipmunks fart. And that's like, that's what comes up. And just, <laughs> she's like, what? All right. Anyway, I just saw it twice now. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could just type in fart. Um, I do the same thing. I love it. It's my favorite. I absolutely love it. I just, yeah, it's yeah. the fucking best. Um, so earlier this week, um, it was posted that the Beatles released it, released it. Jesus Christ. Who's the dumb Swedish chat? fuck now? It's this guy. <laughs> um, the Beatles released a brand new song. And this caught my eye because I know you're a big Beatles fan. And in particular, on NPR, the, um, the headline was how producers used AI to finish the Beatles' last song, Now and Then. I was like, that's interesting. I sent you the article and I was like, I'd love to know your thoughts. And then later that day on YouTube, it's like highlighted video. It's like the Beatles now and then I'm like, they fucking released a video for it and everything like they went, they went uh, yeah. hard because I thought this was like, because when I see AI and the Beatles and new song, I'm like, did they do something they did like with Nirvana? I'm like right. we made a Beatles song or whatever, but that wasn't the case. They no, actually that's did I... something really interesting. So tell everyone yeah. about this since this is, this is really your jam. So, yeah, I thought the same thing because we had talked about that Nirvana song and I was like, ah, oh, this is this is such a bummer that that they went that route. But there's a uh, 12 minute documentary on Disney Plus about this. Uh, and then if you want to see the music video they made it with the song, it's on there as well. But uh, the, the doc was fascinating because the long the long story short about this is that <clears throat> uh, years ago, George was talking to Yoko. And Yoko's like, yeah, you know, I, I found a tape that I think you guys might be interested in. It was uh, one of John's. And they're like, yeah, send it over. And so they sent it over and they were like, shit, this is John's, you know, John recorded a couple a couple things. And they're like, we have a chance to potentially make some new music with him. Like this is, or some new Beatles music because we have a foundation here. So um, there was uh, uh, Free as a Bird came out in the, uh, I think the early 90s. And that was, that I think that came from this this archive of tapes. But there was one song on there. Now and then, uh, where John was just kind of like playing around with the piano and singing into a tape deck, and there was like a TV in the background. It was just it was there was a lot of noise, a lot of clutter, and the piano was really overtaking the vocals. And they they so that George, Paul, and Ringo got back together and they were recording and they were trying, and they kept coming back to this song of all these other songs that were trying, and they just couldn't figure out how to how to make it happen. And they were like they kind of finally looked at each other and went. We just don't have the technology right now that we need. And uh, so they said, there's there's not much we can do about this because every time we try to boost John's vocals, the piano just gets unbearably loud. So they said, we're just going to have to put this on ice for now. So they put it away. They kept all the recordings that they had done. Ringo recorded his drum part. Paul recorded a bass line. George recorded guitar. They put it away. Many years later, uh, or not not that many years later, George Harrison passed. And so they were like, well, shit, we're really kind of at a loss now. And then... In uh, the early 2000s or uh, early 2020s, um, Peter Jackson started fucking around with a lot of this archival footage to do the Get Back documentary series for uh, Disney Plus. Peter Jackson, uh, you know, spares no expense and, and does, you know, the top of the top. So he created this program, this AI program that re- that can lift different 
uh, uh, frequencies uh, and, and, tra- and separate them into their own tracks. So he was, uh, when he was doing the Get Back stuff, Paul was like, hey, have a look at this tape that we've had sitting in a closet for decades now. And uh, about a couple months later, uh, Peter Jackson sent back, he goes, here you go. They think this is what you're looking for. And Paul played it and it was John's voice isolated and crystal clear high quality. And Paul was like, oh shit, we could do this now. And so he and Ringo got back together. They'd saved the guitar line that George had uh, had originally played. Uh, Paul overdubbed another guitar solo in the vein of George. Um, Ringo re-recorded his drums. Paul re-recorded his bass. And uh, they went and met with... So George Martin was the producer for most of the Beatles albums and back in the day. And he orchestrated and uh, uh, performed a lot of the uh, string uh, components of the Beatles stuff. So they went to Giles Martin, George's son, and they said, hey, can you, in the vein of your dad, can you put strings on this track? And so they literally kind of in in the family had a, a new Beatles track that was able to be produced with all four Beatles uh, and the unofficial fifth Beatle, the the Martin family, um, mm-hmm. playing on this song, uh, which was was spectacular. And sanctioned by Yoko and Sean, one of John's sons, and that's really where my first hangup was going to be. I was like, how do they, I, they know, they, they know John better than most people know, knew John, mm-hmm. but how do you really know that this is what he would have wanted? But if his wife, his son, his three bandmates who were his brothers, if everyone was in agreement about this, I have to feel like John Lennon would have been like, he wanted this song to get finished. That's the reason right. he started writing it, you know? And so I think the way that they used the AI to not, recreate his voice, but to uh, separate and amplify it. It's, it's, it's him. And I Mm -hmm. think that's the difference for me is they didn't generate from nothing. This Mm -hmm. new, this new song that that's not actually Kurt Cobain. This is John Lennon. And it's, it's, this is the four Beatles, you know? So I think to me, this is a, a, a uh, wonderful example of in the right hands, how this technology can be used for good. Yeah, I was. I also watched the documentary. Um, I love watching the behind the scenes shit of how people make music. Oh, I fucking God, I can watch that shit all day. It's so cool. Fascinating. And two takeaways. One, dude, the audio visual editing studio they have set up at fucking wherever Peter Jackson is. I was like, <laughs> basically <laughs> a movie theater screen <laughs> in front of you as one of your screens yeah. as you're editing shit. I'm like, and that board they had, I'm like, what is happening I was like, right now? Yeah. I want to edit on that thing. I mean, you walk in, it's like this nice dark room and it's just yeah. like this giant fucking screen. And they're like going through and editing. I'm like, yo, not, not a bad place to spend your day. I was like, that's pretty cool. And yeah. if you're in there, I'm sure the, the speakers and stuff are like top notch. So you can hear yeah. everything that's going on. Like perfectly. That was good. Second takeaway. Uh, I didn't realize Paul McCartney played bass. I always thought he played guitar. <laughs> Seriously? That's how little I know about the Beatles. I knew Ringo played the drums. I knew John <laughs> Lennon played the guitar. I always thought Paul McCartney played the, the guitar, and I thought all George be, Harrison played the bass. I'll be goddamn. So well, today I go. was like, wait, why is George Harrison oh. playing the guitar? I thought that, oh, Paul always played bass? I didn't know that. <laughs> I love, I love that. That endears you to me even more, or endears me to you. I don't know. It, I love I, you even more for that. I, I know so little about the Beatles. I, I just know, I and it. I respect them. Yeah. They're not my cup of tea. Yeah. No offense to London, um, but that's just 
my thing. Like I, they, their music never did anything for me. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, so I was just like, cool. They exist. I'm glad they're there, but yeah. it's, I kind of, it's unfortunately like they're like Taylor Swift to me in a lot of ways. The song will play. I'm like, Oh, who is this? Like the fucking Beatles. I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize this was them. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> well, and in regards to this song too, this song, I like, look, I'm an avid Beatles fan. Uh, this song is good. It, it's mm-hmm. nothing special. Like I, yeah. like I think what, what makes it magic for me is the, the journey this song took yeah. Over 45, 50 years. Like the journey of this song to get made, that's yeah. where the special sauce is. Like this is. Yeah. And also the fact that the Beatles, when they were recording, they were pushing the bounds of, of fucking with technology and like, well, what can we do? How can we make this even weirder? And let's loop this. And mm-hmm. what if we do? Like it was all all these crazy things. They loved playing with with cutting edge technology for recording. I feel like this is right in line with the DNA of what that band was. You know, so, I percent agree. The I, fact and, that all yeah. four Beatles are on it, uh, the journey that was there, and the fact that it's made with this emerging technology, to me, that's what makes the song fun. The song itself is—it's a fine song, you know. Yeah, yeah. like it's—it's it, it, not—it's not one of their best songs, but yeah. it's cool because it is, in theory, the last Beatles song that will ever come out. Too bad John couldn't write a banger on his way out, huh? You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> No, in all seriousness, like I, I was, I thought it was really cool. In that, like you said, I think you broke it down perfectly. In that, this isn't we're going to feed in a thousand hours of Beatles stuff, and then have mm-hmm. this AI generate something. It was, you know, the the other three were working on it, and then right. they were able to lift the vocals of John, literally John singing. They put them in there, and they essentially were able to record over a span of decades. To finally put this thing together and with the tool of yeah. AI able to do that, which, by the way, what a fantastic tool to basically mm-hmm. kind of like scary in that it can kind of create stems of anything that it listens to. Right. Like you could feed it into a song and be like, isolate the drums, isolate the guitar, isolate. Yeah. The, and it can kind of just be like retroactively be like here are the stems for which are Here's all your tracks. I don't yeah. know what it stands for, but I know it's like those are like kind of like the master individual tracks for a song. And to have those is like a coveted thing. And I know there's a guy, he's been on your mom's house podcast. He talked with, with Tom Segura on an episode. He broke down, like he had the stems for a beastie boy song. It was, uh, what you want. Okay. And, um, he took it like bit by bit, little by little, like breaking down. This is what the drums sounded like. This is the, the thing they did on the keyboards to kind of get that first little bit. This is what the vocals sound like. And I've seen like Butch Vig do that with some Nirvana songs, uh, for Nevermind, where it's like, you know, adding on the layers of harmony and things like that. And you're like, things that you, you don't even realize that you're hearing. Yeah, you know. Rick Rubin uh, sat down with Paul McCartney for a, a documentary on Hulu, like a three-part series where they did the same thing. Mm. They were in his studio, and he sat down with Paul, and they had all the all the, the the original tracks, and they were isolating stuff. And Paul's like, "Now here," and then he would, you know, Rick Rubin would like ask him a question. Well, here's what we were doing, and oh, it sounds like you did this, and they would just like put this track on and this one off, and then switch it, and then this one, and let's bring that up, and they yeah. kind of remixed some of the. It was just it, it's fascinating. When you can really see what went into a song, doesn't matter the genre. It's just no. fascinating to see yeah. someone assemble a song. Oh yeah, it's it's like list. I've seen there's this guy 
that will do a video where like he'll turn to his girlfriend who's just in the room like doing something. Goes, hey, give me a melody, and she will like do 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 do, and he's like, cool, got it. He like play that on a guitar, and then he'll be doing stuff. He's like, hey, give me a beat, and she's like, boom, boom, he's like, cool, and he takes that and he crafts the song. Like he takes all these different elements, and this is what it sounds like. And he he goes, give me a lyric, like what's something to sing about, and she's like, I don't know, something about having secrets. He's like, cool, and then he just goes, and I'm endlessly amazed. By people that can do that, or uh, yeah. I forget the producer slash beatmaker. He's worked with Bieber and stuff like that. He's done it on, like on Jimmy Fallon, where he's like, "Here, we'll take, we'll we'll ding this cup." We'll oh, record uh, Charlie this. Puth. There's what it is. Yeah, we'll pitch shift it down. We'll do a couple of drums, and he makes a song out of the most yeah. whatever whatever sounds. And I, I'm like, I think that is so impressive, and especially when you listen to some of these class. Like I noticed this years ago when like I would hear the instrumental version of a song uh, with without you know the vocals and i'm like oh shit there's guitar parts going on here that i never even realized because they were just like in yeah. the background or underneath the vocals and so i'm endlessly fascinated by a how this is done and also it reinforces the fact that i never could have been a producer because i yeah. never would have had the idea to be like you know what we should do let's double up on these vocals and let's have let's have our drummer dave Grohl. let's have him do that too because he's got a good voice and right you know, yada, yada, yada. And like even going back to the Blink-182 album that just recently came out, I was listening to that interview and turns out that like Travis Barker has some vocals on some of these songs. And I never no would shit. have really noticed it, but they mentioned it. And then I was listening to it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, that is they're like, Travis actually has a good voice and you never because he doesn't wow. really sing. And yeah. he does. I'm like, holy shit. That's totally him, and that sounds yeah. awesome. Like I was able to listen to it. I could, I originally, I wouldn't really would have thought about that. I was like, "That's fucking awesome." So, I think this is so cool that they were to take all these elements together, use this technology to isolate that. It kind of makes you wonder what else is possible. What other content is out there that's like right. uh, this was a demo tape, and we never really got to do it. Like, can we potentially finish some old stuff? You know? Yeah, I, I think it's I, again. I think it all comes down to. It's got, it's got to it's got to live in the right environment <clears throat> because in this environment you had John's estate and the original three members of the band who were all on board doing this. I think it gets it gets dicey when you're talking about you know you you uh, you find someone who's been gone for like if you found I don't know like some demo tapes from Chubby Checker and you're like yeah. okay he's been gone for forever you know like did is this truly how he would have wanted this to go like i that's where it starts to get murky for me but in this instance it was something that was like wow perfect storm of you know kind of all the consent that needed to be there was there you know outside of the actual person but you couldn't get closer to that person than the people who were still around this is probably the perfect example of how this should get done is yes. with all the appropriate folks. I don't know if you're going to find a better example of this. I'm sure you, there is, but you know, like, yeah, but no, I'm not saying you can't do it with other, like yeah. it, not everything has to be this perfectly, like right. again, this perfect storm, but I'm just saying this is like the minute that you start, uh, the minute that you start to make, uh, you know, well, we'll make one exception here and we'll do one thing. here. Right. It becomes a very slippery slope. And, mm-hmm. and then you get James Dean back in a film, you know, that's right. Yeah, so I don't like I think it's it's a it's a fascinating time to be a consumer of this stuff because man, what what could be coming out in the next couple of years is we haven't even fathomed what where this could go and that's exciting. I just think it needs to be used. It needs to be wielded responsibly. There's two th- this this came up to me I think in in all the times we talk about AI and using AI to create things, this is a through line that I picked up from listening to you is that 
you you said this was John Lennon. Like this right. was this was John Lennon, and you just mentioned James Dean. You're like, that's not James Dean. That is a technological projection of this person. James Dean's not making any acting choices. You know right. that Nirvana song isn't Nirvana. It's mm-hmm. basically scraped all of this context of what Nirvana has done in the past, and it, it regurgitated that into some sort of formula to be like, here's a Nirvana song. That was here's the Cobain. best. Here's the best guess at what this what the choices they would have made. Right. It's yeah. not anything new. It's entirely a mass from all their past and previous work. There's no right. opportunity for it to generate something new. It's only going to look back at what it's done. Some people could argue that some artists do that. They just recreate the same thing over and over again. But sure. we also have countless examples of artists who are like, wow, this album sounds really different than the last one or whatever. Right. They've been around for 30 years. And my, look at the way that this stuff has changed. I don't think AI can do that yet. I don't think AI can be like, we're going to progress. We're going to enter a new era. We're going to be do this. We're going to do that. And I think that to me, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like that's a big point for you is that um, when this stuff is being used, if it's not being done in a way that is actually the artist, then it's a problem. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not super here for it then. Yeah. Yeah. If, I, think that's I fair. feel like you need artist, if not artist consent, you need uh, explicit, um, somehow it needs to be tied back to the original artist yeah. in a, in a very explicit way. Either like they were like, yes, when I'm dead here, finish this. And here, I would really like this to be a piano forward album. And it's like, okay, well we know kind of like what his wishes were and he said to do it. So we're going to do it. You know, I, I, I just think going, we're going to feed, yeah, like the Nirvana thing. We're going to feed in all these things and we're just going to get a new Nirvana song. No, you're not. So it, yeah. it has nothing to do with the artist. I think the artist has to be intrinsically tied to the project somehow. I think it's a great experiment. It's yeah. interesting to try. But to think that we're going to use AI to generate new art right now, I don't know. I think it's a debate where people are like, well, I can use AI to generate some pretty cool images. I'm like, okay, that's fair. But what was it pulled from? What was it trained on? Right. What was the prompt that you used to get that? What'd you scrape from it to make that stuff happen to create this thing? And I think this will be an ongoing thing. And if you're getting tired mm-hmm. of us talking about AI, fucking get over it. Because <laughs> it if you stopping. aren't if you aren't at least somewhat intrigued by AI, you better fucking get there because every goddamn day, yeah, it's out there, man. I see something about AI every day. In my field in particular, I went to a fucking conference where I'd say 70% of the sessions were about AI. Yeah. And what we do it's and very, so yeah. it's fucking here y'all like <laughs> it's yeah it's get yeah. get on board or get out of the way because yeah, it's happening uh, if you've ever had doug and i have talked about this before but uh if you've ever had that fear that someday you're going to get left behind this is one of those watershed moments mm-hmm. you're going to need to Absolutely. this is a pivotal point right now yeah i and i every time i say this and i haven't done this yet i need to spend more time practicing i need to make time for it because mm-hmm. It is. I've seen what it can do and how it can help me, and I need to, I need to make the time for it because it's yeah. it's going to be, it is a game changer. It's not going to be a game changer. It is a game changer. So yeah. you know, I fucking use it with editing this podcast. So you know, I guess yeah. to that degree, I am using it, but not in the way that everyone's using Chat GPT. I need to get in on that shit. So yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's switch over uh, for the last bit here before we 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 start heading towards the end of the show here. Let's talk about Marvel. Um. Because uh, so, there's this- let me say this too something uh, a conversation that 
I think was inevitable, but I just never really acknowledged that we would ever have. Oh, this one we're about to have? This one we're about to have. You know, it's funny. I just, you're like, you in, know, you're in the hate in the peak of, of what Mind Gap was like. I never would have said we're going to have this conversation at some point. Yeah. Um, and I part of me knew it, it, it was I think we, well, we all knew this would happen someday, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, but I knew yeah, this I, would I, not I just live forever. Marvel could not be successful forever. At some point, there was going to be a yes. stinker. We knew that. Like, that, we, that, we said that. That we knew for sure. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It just, yeah, the, 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 um, the life support that it seems to be on right now is uh, worse than I the worse than I had previously anticipated. We'll put it that way. Maybe yeah. let me amend my statement. Yeah, but no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think that's fair. So there's this excellent article in Variety called Crisis at Marvel, Jonathan Major's Backup Plan, The Marvel's Reshoots, Reviving, Original Avengers, and More Issues Revealed. Wow, what a title by Tatiana Siegel. <laughs> um, it's excellent. It does a deep dive into like yeah. all the problems that Marvel's been having as of late. And, um, you know, Justin and I have obviously been into Marvel throughout the pretty much the history of this podcast. Yeah. And... Justin sent this to me and I read it and it's a fascinating read. So you should definitely check it out. But I was also like, I realized how much, how little I've thought about Marvel over the last year. Like, I just don't, I'm so, I wouldn't say disappointed. I'm just not, I'm so disinterested in whatever mm -hmm. they're putting out there. And I love the Infinity Saga. I will always love it. That will always be grade A, top notch shit. Nothing, no, no complaints about it. I loved it. And I always said, as long as we have that, it'll be great. And whatever comes after is either going to be a cherry on top. It'll be extra gravy or it will fall off and it's fine because it will still never tarnish Infinity War or the Infinity right. Saga that we had. Right. And Marvel's push to flood the zone with content via Disney Plus to prop up Disney Plus as it's this merging streaming service has created a lot of problems uh, just in general of like, number one, just an insane amount of content. It used to be like, we thought getting three Marvel movies a year was like, Jesus Christ, this we is a lot. It's like, this is gluttonous, yeah. This is a lot, but I was also like, we're getting three fucking Marvel movies this year, woo! You know, because, you know, you got to enjoy it. It was, it was really, really cool. But now it's like, check out the release schedule for, you got, you know, after Endgame, you had the movies that were coming out, and then you had WandaVision. And then you had Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You had oh. Loki. You had Hawkeye. You had Moon Knight. You had She-Hulk. You had like all these things on top of the movies that they were releasing. And you just, I personally saw the quality start to go down on all of these. Mm -hmm. I was impressed with WandaVision because I'm like, wow, this quality is fucking up there. Like, this is good. Loki, I felt the same way. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I thought was solid. I think the first one that I saw where I felt like the quality dipped was Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye oh, was like, so. I was like, this one seems less, less good. I thought Moon Knight was pretty good. I think at least for, for the most part for like quality wise. And then it just got to the point where I was so inundated with things. It's like when I had Napster in the year 2000, and it's like I could get any song I wanted. I had unending options to just get them. And now it's like, here's all this Marvel content. I was like, I kind of like the scarcity of it. I kind of enjoyed yeah. the, I got to wait a year before I see what happens with Endgame, you know? Or 
We've got something in February, something in June, and we got something in November. And we're I'm I'm hanging on. I'm waiting for those dates. This is going to be great. I'm going to watch this movie. It's going to be awesome. And I just feel like we've diluted things now. And part of the struggle too is that these are mostly new characters or they're new ideas. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just exhausting to be like, so, "Welcome to this new character." I'm like, "Oof, here right. we go." So in let, let's just let's just kind of look back at phase four real quick. Mm-hmm. So in it was uh, between twenty. And I'm just looking on Wikipedia here, but between 2021 and 2022, we had for films Black Widow, Shang Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals, Spider Man No Way Home, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Thor: Love and Thunder, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. So that's seven films. And we had TV series, WandaVision, Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki Season 1, What If Season 1, Hawkeye, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel, and She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. That's Forgot about Ms. Marvel. That's eight. So that's 15 right. things. That's 15 things in the span of like two, let's, let's, be, let's be generous and say three years. That's a lot. Plus Werewolf by Night, right. which wasn't, it's not like in there, but Werewolf by Night, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, mm-hmm. and then they did a I Am Groot Season 1 mm-hmm. shorts which yep. was like five or ten short films about mm-hmm. Groot. So we're let's round it up and let's just say it was like fucking basically twenty things, you know, like more or less. Yeah. So you're you you have your production studio just hammering this shit out. Yeah. You've got visual effects people that are stretched to the max with all this content, and you see the visual effects start to dip. You know, you've got all this stuff that just starts to take a hit, and it just starts feeling like the quality is diminished. And a lot of what's out there and it's really depressing to see this stuff come out because um, there's been some there's been more misses than hits, unfortunately, in, in this in season the last four couple and five, years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been really, really difficult. I mean, the fucking Secret Wars. Did you mention that? Uh, no, so technically Secret Wars came out. They're they're counting that in phase five. Fucking I don't even know the phases so, anymore. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, uh, the Marvels, Deadpool, Captain America, Brave New World, Thunderbolts, and Blade are the films that they're slating for five. And that happens between 2023 and 2025. So those- and Blade has been pushed way the fuck back yeah. because there's been all sorts of fucking problems on that movie, which I'm like, well, that doesn't bode well. <laughs> right, right. Mahershala then- Ali, I think, is on the cusp of leaving that, which would be I- really yeah, unfortunate. Because- because of like didn't the article say something about he was he didn't like the fact that the story couldn't get locked down? Yeah, they kept like the story's been rewritten an, an insane amount of times, which is yeah. never a good sign. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And for television series in five, we've got Secret Invasion, which yeah was I'm sorry was such a forgettable such a forgettable uh, series. Loki season two, What If season two, Echo, Agatha, Darkhold Diaries, Ironheart, and Daredevil Born Again, and then season two of I Am Groot. Mm. So again, eight, yeah. So it's seven and eight for both. It's just, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a mind numbing amount of content. It is absolutely, and not only is the VFX suffering, but the stories are suffering because you're having to now tie in in three years' time. You have to tie together fifteen properties. Mm-hmm. That's ludicrous. That's yeah, absolute and again, lunacy. we're all, we're doing a shared universe. We're doing yeah. multiverse stuff. I mean, I think it was a it was taxing on just doing those movies, yeah, and pulling that absolutely. stuff in. And the problem is that this stuff is getting so convoluted, it's getting so. And not only that, it's gatekeeping content. So, mm-hmm. yes. what if in the next Avengers movie, Moon Knight shows up, and people are like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Right. You know, 
The fucking Marvels will probably be confusing if you didn't see Miss Marvel and you don't know why Monica Rambeau has fucking superpowers because you mm-hmm. didn't watch Miss Marvel and you didn't watch WandaVision. You're like, wait, what? You know, like if you're watching Ant-Man Quantumania and you watch the end credit sequence and you see fucking uh, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston right. as their characters from Loki in like, I don't know, 1800s watching Jonathan Majors and they're like, there he is. That's Kang. And you're like, what the fuck is any of this? You know, because you didn't watch Loki. Like, yeah. that's a huge problem. Like, pe- people used to be worried about it with the movies before. It's like, well, if you don't keep up with this whole thing, yeah. you're going to miss it. And I feel like they handled that really well. Like, you didn't necessarily need to know all that stuff. You could still enjoy it, but you would just get extra tidbits. Whereas now, it's right. full on fucking confusing. If you don't watch this shit, you don't have the inside scoop on who's doing what. You're like, wait, what? Wait, what is this? Like, what major you know, thing dropped in this show that I don't know about. It's, I don't know, man. And the multiverse just lends itself to so much. What they said best in this is this is essentially becoming the comic books and that it is so oversaturated with things. It's incredibly difficult and overwhelming to start and try to sift through. It's not accessible to the average person to be like, okay, I'm going to start this series. We were fortunate to be there for all those phases beginning yeah but you know what it's not i don't think it's that difficult to be like let's watch all these movies not in one day but like let's start watching these you can get caught up on that but then once you get through endgame it's like all right do we have a disney plus subscription we do okay great so now on top of these movies we have to watch these fucking tv shows it's like so much more content that you have to like well i need to get looped in on this because if you also watch dr strange and multiverse of madness but you didn't see wandavision you're like what's going on with wanda you know like what is all this shit he references in the fucking trailer something that happened in Wanda. you're like i didn't see that is that a problem probably i mean that show ends with a pretty significant plot point you know Uh, it's like okay Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a mess. It's a kind of a real mess. And something that's kind of bugged me is the movie, the Eternals, which I stand by wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. I know I'm in the minority here. Maybe I'm in the minority here. Um, it's not great. It's not great. You and I are in agreement there, but I liked it more than I thought I would. (laughs) Okay. So let me ask you this. What was mm -hmm. the redeeming quality of it for you? I found the conundrums of the characters fascinating of what they were trying to do, like their whole mission of we have to basically the world is an incubator for a celestial. And one of the characters had the ability to, to basically control the minds of people. And he struggled with all this time. We could have done something to save people, to reduce suffering, but you are, you've always told me no, not to do it. Well, I'm not doing this anymore because I have the power. It was kind of like the opposite of Spider-Man, right? In some way where Spider-Man's like, well, it's actually the same thing. Spider-Man's like, I have the power to do this. Therefore, I have the responsibility to be good. And with these characters, like we have an objective, we have a mission. They didn't know what that mission was, but like we have to follow it. And this guy was like, fuck this. I'm going to make a difference. Like, I've sat through millennia of watching humans destroy each other where I could just tell them to fucking stop it and you right. won't let me do it and I'm done. I'm over it. And the idea of like, what is your objective and do you go against what you're... Because if you're looking at a pure practical thing, it makes sense to be like, yeah, this is basically an egg that needs to be cracked open so that a celestial 
will be a celestial is probably more important than one planet, right? Sure. Presumably. And in the presumably. And things, these people yeah. are like trying to decide what do we do? This existential crisis of like, what do we do? Do we save these people? Do we not? And um, I enjoyed the ending of it too, where <laughs> spoilers for anyone's going to watch it. They disobey their directive and this celestial essentially all around the world. They see this thing and be like, you've made your choice. Now it's time for judgment to see if you've done the right thing. That was like, right. holy shit. But <laughs> the whole world had this psychic event and part of a celestial was coming out of the ocean and we never talk about it. It's still there. Thank Not you. once has anyone Thank been you. like, hey, what's with this giant fucking hand and this part of this head coming out of the ocean? Also, right. what kind of effect does that have on the planet? Do we, yes. I mean, tectonic plates, and I don't want to be that guy, but usually Marvel is so good well, no, at addressing those things. I had the same, that's that's one of my biggest, and again, like again, not to be that guy, but that was one of my biggest complaints about it. Because, I mean, yes, we've accepted that there are gods and, and flying and wizards, and we, sure, we've accepted all that. But I'm sorry, if you're basing this, if you're grounding this on Earth, like, that, like you've wiped out coastal cities. You know, straight up wiped out coastal. Small islands are just gone. There's no absolutely, and like, yeah, the damage that you've done to the structure of the Earth. No, is it's just like the ecological disaster. How yes. many creatures are now extinct because this thing was right. breaking out of the Earth's core? You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, look, talk about overfishing. Yeah. The fish are gone, man. They're dead. All right, like, right. and yes. and again, how? Also, I'd love to be like just a therapist on this world of Marvel and how much people are suffering on a day-to-day -day basis from like, there's gods among us. What is us, my reality? There's aliens. Shit's coming out of the ground. I saw, everyone saw the psychic thing of this thing. That's like, there's all this, the sheer amount of activity on earth right. is staggering. No other planets have this level of activity. And everything is, ha this is the Tatooine of the Marvel universe. Everything is happening here. That's such a good point. These uh, eight the to nine billion people on this planet must be suffering on a day-to-day -day basis being like, what fucking existential event is going to happen now? You've got right. Mysterio, who's faking oh. these kind of Avengers-level threats, and it's like, it's just drones! It's all good! No big right. deal! People can't trust anything. It's like... Oh, right? Yeah. The, the misinformation that goes around about this shit and the idea of like, hey, we got a new superhero. You're like, fuck! Not another one! Not another one. What is this? Is this a good one or a bad one? It's like you just hear about all this shit. This, I mean, even with Moon Knight, there's this goddamn guy that's serving the goddess of death that's judging right. people as to whether or not they should live or die based on their sins. Are they yeah. in balance? I just, you go down the list of all the stuff, you're like, there's a super secret intelligence organization that was taken over by Nazis that wrecked the world. Like, what? It's just bonkers. It and is. all of this has happened in a very short time frame. Right. I yeah, think Thor was around. Sure, you had the Tesseract around. You had Hydra around. But the Eternals were here. Sprinkled, but super active. Well, I'm super sorry. Super active in the years of 2008 to 2023, because that follows the same time as everything. These past 15 years... It must be a nightmare in that universe, an absolute existential nightmare. 
Doug, we're missing one of the biggest things that happened to these people is that half yeah. the population <laughs> right. disip- just straight up disappeared and then came back. Yeah. Like, and we talked about that in Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I love. It's like, hey, these people were yeah. gone. They came back. They're like, this is my home. They're like, no, you're yeah. dead. This is my house now. And they're like, where the fuck do we go? And the socioeconomical impact of that, I was like, I love it. Let's dig into it. But what about this big fucking hand in the ocean, man? Like, right. I mean, well, I think- this it must be miserable to live in this universe as an average person. It would Could suck. not agree more. Right. Like you've got to go back to your job as a data analyst, data analyst at the CVS, uh, you know, corporate office. And you're like, I, I can't. How I can't. do you focus as like a kid going to school? No. You're like, no, no. Uh, fucking, uh, the, this guy and his shadow monster invaded new Asgard last night, taking kids, stealing kids. And they're like, yeah, math's important right now because that's happening. Right. Some guy with some goddamn demon sword is stealing kids in new Asgard. You're like, <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we need to redistribute a new publication of these history books. Uh, fresh off the presses. Here's all the things that just happened. We're sorry. Yeah. We have to keep changing it. Um, and now with the multiverse, we have to retcon all of our history books. You know, who knows? Who knows when Stark comes back? And not only um, that, it's like insurance companies must not even exist in this world. Fuck, they're they all must, wiped out. They're fucking they banker, yeah. After the Battle of New York, they got wiped out, let alone That's everything it. else. They're just like, I can't do this. We cannot exist in this world. Pay for your own shit. I'm sorry. Pay so, for your own shit. I do think that... <clears throat> um, I, I think that, and I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. If if Marvel if Marvel did not add in all the Disney Plus series and they just stuck to the three a year uh release for these films, two to three a year release, do you think that Marvel could have um prolonged the issue pardon me, the issues that they're having? Or do you think this would have do you think this would have still happened or do you think it would have just come later? I think it would have come later. Uh, I think it was still possible. Um, but I think if you take out those seven TV shows you're working on, take that out, save those budgets. 14 right? TV shows. Seven in phase four and That's seven right. in phase That's five. That's what I mean. Like, let's like, take yeah. phase four. Take those yeah. seven shows. Yeah. Cut all that production out. Save that budget. Put it back in to the movies. Fine tune those movies. I think you're better off that way, personally. I do, too. Yeah. I was excited for the shows because I'm like, what a great opportunity to dive deeper into some of these characters and things. And I right. think we got that for WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and for uh, Loki. And I think we started tapering off there. I think it started, we started losing. The movies had less of a flair to them. And it's just like, I don't know. Like I, I Again, I go back to Falcon and Winter Soldier. I thought that was such a creative way to be like... This is focusing on the, what do we do in a world without Captain America? Who takes up this mantle, right? Right, And we're dealing with these people who have been displaced. They don't know where to be. They don't exist anywhere. And they're angry. It deals with like a migrant crisis, which is always like, what, like, it was such an interesting and fascinating thing. Here you have WandaVision, this woman who's dealing with grief and she doesn't know how. And you see how tragic her life has been and how she's lost everything and how she actually has this amazing power. Loki and this interesting side universe where we see him taking the Tesseract and escaping. And you realize, oh, there's a timeline here, which is which is sort of curated by someone. And who? And what? it's very interesting. But then I feel like we just... You know, to kind of go along with along with Loki, we started branching off 
right. we got too many branches at this point in time. And then you see a movie and I don't know, it just gets so convoluted and the multiverse by itself is a tricky thing to navigate. I think they did an excellent job with it. It was fun and Spider-Man No Way, no Way Home, like being able to pull that stuff in, it was great. But I think it's just gotten really messy. And I think part of it is it was done to boost a brand, the Marvel brand. Yeah, and to, absolutely. To prop mm-hmm. up the Disney Plus, plat- I think it was done to, you know, in a corporate world to boost this stuff up. And I think we've lost the good stuff and we've driven VFX artists to the brink. I'm so happy they've unionized. Good for oh, them. Same. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's become a mess. And I think it's getting to the point now where the true superhero fatigue is, is really kicking in. I don't think people give yes. a shit as much. You know? Oh, I don't. I absolutely, it's it's too much of a good thing. It's absolutely mm-hmm. too much of a good thing. If if Marvel, I, I I definitely think if Marvel had scaled back and continued their, if they just soldiered on the way that they were going, they would have continued to have, uh, have had success. I think for quite some time. I, uh, you know, to borrow from Thanos, I think it was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I do think that they could have uh, withstood, at least. I think they could have at least withstood through Phase Six and done another. Another saga, like they could have probably right. wrapped this saga up pretty tightly, maybe not as good as the Infinity Saga, but pretty damn tight. And then, you know, I, I think maybe after that, they would have started to see some some faltering. But you know, they 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 pulled. You know what they did? Ironically, they pulled a DC mm-hmm. and they just tried to do too much. They yep. just tried to shove way too much down your throat. And that's why it's never worked for DC, and that's why it, it's not working with it. And look, Marvel's not the only one that's having issues with VFX and, and things like Mm-mm. that. Like, look at the Flash. Like, yeah, it was a it was a fun film, but man, those VFX were just dog shit. Yeah, absolute dog shit. So everywhere, everyone's just being it. They're being tapped, and you you're not going to get you and I know from what we do. If you know the more expect the more that is being asked from you in a shorter amount of time. Doesn't matter how much money's thrown at the money doesn't fix the problem. It is Mm-mm. time and resources straight up. Yep, that's it. And it's hundred percent. Ev- everyone's being taxed. And if I was a VFX artist, quite frankly, I would not want to put. I would not want to say I worked on this movie because that's not a good re- representation of what my work is. You know, I can do better than that. No. I just wasn't given the ability to do it. Yeah, that would piss me off. I agree. It pissed me off. You know, it's just yeah, it's, it's not practical. It's not practical. Thank you. Fucking got there, didn't we? We did. You got the questions, we got the answers. All you do is ask. I don't have the timing down on that yet, but it was still pretty cool. I love that you're gonna you're working on getting right to the end. Yeah. yeah. That's that's yeah. fantastic. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of the remix. I'm not going to lie to you. Thank you. So if you've never been here for Ash Practical Doug before, uh, Practical Doug is a tiny dog that lives inside of Big Doug, and he uh, guides Big Doug on uh, all of life's quests through its quandaries and its questions. And if you would like to ask Practical Doug a question, Doug gets to ask Practical Doug questions all the time because it lives inside. For better but or worse, you would, I do. For better or worse. But if you would like to, you can on uh, social media, at MindGapPodcast, hashtag AskPracticalDoug, or you can head on over to our Discord where we have a server set up. So, excuse me, our Discord server where we have a channel set up uh, specifically for AskPracticalDoug. And you can ask there. If you do a good job and you make it really engaging and interesting, you might get your AskPracticalDoug on the, on the uh, show. But thus far, we've not had any that have really stood out Above 
our go-to Am I the Asshole subreddit. So we're going back to the well today. We're going to back to the Am I the Asshole. And this one, Doug, is Social Media Police T-A-W or Social Media Police Ta. Ta! <laughs> Sorry, that is the sound that makes. Social Media Police Ta asks, am I the asshole for nuking my niece's social media accounts? I have not read this yet. I, I purposely did not want to read this one. And the title has me ready. So a couple of weeks ago, I, male 35, and my sister, female 39, and her family, including niece, female 11, uh, well, sorry, had them over for a barbecue. We had a pretty good time with the exception of niece, who was pretty, that's wild that that's her name, who was pretty much consistently <laughs> on her, on her Have phone. Have you met my niece, niece? <laughs> Uh, except for niece who's pretty much consistently on her phone recording TikToks. Slightly annoying, but ultimately not my kid, not my problem. I subscribe to to that methodology all the time. Absolutely. Uh, I've talked to my sister a while ago about being careful about nieces putting online, protecting her identity, etc. My sister brushed it off saying niece was sensible enough not to do anything stupid. Disagree. Mm. She's 11. Let's put a fit in that. Yep. I figure I'd try to bridge the gap. So I asked niece, hey, what are you recording? Uh, it's a TikTok. You're old. You wouldn't get it. I work in tech, so it's not like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I decided to let it slide and do some digging later. Turns out, Niece has used her uh, full government name to register for TikTok with links to her public Instagram with the same name. So I did what any reasonable person would do. Reported everything for being under 13. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, everything I could find. With the nature of TikTok trends, some of the stuff on there was stuff that 11-year-olds probably shouldn't be doing and definitely shouldn't be recording. Fast forward to today. Sister calls me and asks if I can have a look at niece's iPad. Apparently, she can't log into any of her accounts. She's having a meltdown about it. Put a pin in that sentence, too. Mm -hmm. I talked her through it and quickly became apparent that the accounts are blocked and asking for an ID. I'm in two minds of whether to tell her it was me that reported the account or just tell her to submit the ID knowing it'll get niece permabanned. So am I the asshole for nuking my niece's social media? This is a tough one because I feel like to go back to uh, Falcon and Weir Soldier, he's out of line, but I think he's right. He's right. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I do (sighs) think he's an asshole for doing this because, hey, not your kid. I think not it your comes problem. Back, it comes back to that. You know, like that is not he's meddling and stuff. Listen, I'm not saying he's wrong for doing it. He's just an asshole. <laughs> right. 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 Because I agree the, with the philosophy. Because that's the thing is what this boils down to is what's your philosophy on this? I wouldn't want Natalie now or Natalie at 11 having unfettered access to YouTube, Instagram no. and TikTok. Like no. they literally have restrictions on there. You have to be 13 to access some of those social media platforms. She's not 13. So right. straight up, it's you in know, violation of the, of the a user terms group. of service. Right. Yeah. Like I, I think he's, here's the thing. He may be doing her a solid in the short term, but it's not going to solve the problem. No, because the call is coming from inside the house. Right. And if the parent doesn't give a shit, about what their kids doing and what they're watching, they're just going to wait two years, and then they'll have access to it again. They're back at it. Are you willing to believe that in two years that this kid's going to get their shit fixed and whatever? It's going to be fine. No, it ain't <laughs> going to happen. But I think doing this without having a discussion, which I don't think it would also be productive. He's like, I did this, by the way. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's totally an asshole for doing this because 
it's not going to fix anything, in my opinion, long term. Right. It's just creating a massive inconvenience for his niece in the meantime. Yeah. So while I'm I, like, I think it's great you did it. I don't think it's going to achieve anything. And yeah, you're an asshole for doing it. Yeah, it's. I think that the, for me, it goes back to the fact that this isn't your kid. Yes, it's your niece. And I know you love her and you want to protect her. But at the, at the end of the day, you are not hard stop her legal guardian. Hard yeah. stop. Like, it's, it, that's it. It's not your fucking kid. So you don't get to do. Well, see, you, I, you, you don't get to police her like this. Now, at the same time, if a random person was like, this girl's 11 and they did that, would they be an asshole for doing that? No. Reporting her. No, I don't think so. So what so what so let me let me just challenge what our assessment is. What makes him the asshole? Because if it was a random person that found out this girl was eleven and reported it, they would just be a person. Well, because here's the thing. He's an asshole for doing this and then not talking to his family about it. Sure. Okay. Because his question is, Am I an asshole for nuking? Yeah, you are because you're doing it and not talking to them about it. A random person being like, hey, this is an 11-year-old, fucking report him. That's the extent of their thing. This guy could have an actual conversation you have with the his ear sister of the mother. Right. and his niece and be like, you realize she's in violation of the terms of service, right? Like, right. she's 11, using these things, you have to be 13 to do that. And if someone were to report her, she would not have access to this anymore. And by the way, I know this isn't my kid, but she's my niece. I think it'd be great if she wasn't on this, like yeah. all on her own because of also, X, Y, and Z, you know? Also, let's, why don't you and I as adults sit down and let me show you, maybe you haven't seen what she's, let me show you her accounts. Are you okay with He's this? a tech guy, right? He's like, I know yeah. a thing or two about tech. Yeah. And these trends about the, you know, Swedish fucks out there, I just, I can't, I can't let her see them, you know? I can't, the meatballs. No. There's too many lingonberries out there. Jenny, the meatballs. Um, You know, like, I, yeah, like if he's yeah. like, oh, I did some digging and I found X, Y, and Z, fucking share that with your sister. Absolutely. Share that with your niece. You know Empirical what I mean? evidence, yeah. Do I think he's a, I don't, I don't think he's actually in the wrong for reporting his niece because she's in violation of the terms of service. If sure. you're lawful good, this is the path you take. I mean, Captain Steve Rogers would report her. You know yep. what I mean? But Captain Steve Rogers would have also said, hey, guess what? I'm reporting I'm reporting your daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, just FYI, this is coming down the pike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, hey, I want you to know I'm doing this. She's in violation of the terms of service. She shouldn't be doing this regardless. So I'm going to be doing this. But to do it secretly and be like, do I tell him or not? That's why right. you're the asshole. You, yeah. I think he made a good choice. Again, He's right. It's, it's a weird, he's not a lie, yeah. but he's right. You know what I mean? Right. Like exactly. And, and that makes him an asshole for not choosing the more difficult path of having the conversation with his sister and his niece. Yes. Uh, social media police. Ta, you are an I asshole. Would, I would say uh, one of the things that one of the arguments I would bring up to the sister is uh, she's 11 and she can't get into her accounts and she's having a meltdown. That right there should be a good indicator that she might not be ready for this. Do you think she might, if she's having a meltdown over social media, do you think that's healthy? Bingo. Yes. So it is Begin decided. conversation. <laughs> you are the asshole, sir. Justin's not happy. It's the first one I saw. So I like yeah. it. Hey, it worked. There you go. Bada bing with the pipe. Hey, Justin, what do you got to, uh, what do you got to recommend this week? I'm going to recommend uh, uh, the Mission Impossible franchise. The now, entire Mission Impossible the whole franchise. franchise. Specifically, my favorite one thus far has been number four. Um, okay. Each of them have their own flair, and I like that. Uh, 
Number two was a little too um, John Woo for me. Uh, yeah. it, it was a little. I haven't seen that one. I don't think I need to see that no, one. I've heard everything very, I need to know about it. It was very John Woo heavy. Um, so it was a little too much for me. Uh, I, I watched it out of obligation because I'm trying to watch them in order. Uh, number one was very dated, but I'll say mm-hmm. it was uh, – there was an article that I had read. It said uh, Mission Impossible, uh, the first one, had no business looking this good or had no business being this good of a movie. Agreed. And they, and they broke down the the different – like the three different um, – like depending on what's uh, where they were in the world, how the film actually changed, the look of the film changed, and the shot, like all this stuff. And I went back and I watched it, and I'm like, "Fuck, this is a this really is a, a cinematically gorgeous fucking movie." So, yeah, uh, it's dated, but beautiful. Uh, number two, it's very John Woo heavy. Uh, you watch at your own uh, risk. risk. Um, number three. Uh, I liked because J.J. Abrams and I was like, cool, we're starting to turn the corner into modern. What It's funny we can say this now because, you know, 1996 is when the first one came out. So yeah. we're approaching 30 years on that. So I remember going to see that one when I was in seventh grade in the theater. Did you re- see? Yeah. There you go. It's like it's mind boggling that that. So number number three, we're starting to kind of come into what I consider like more modern filmmaking or like more present day filmmaking. J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams, I like his style. So that was great. Uh, number four was, and I say this very loosely, was the gr- the most grounded of them so far. Uh, I take that for what it's worth. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it was it was uh, more in line with like what the action movies that we uh, the reason we watch action movies. So they're fun movies. I'll say that if you've mm-hmm. always if you've always been kind of curious about them, dive in. They're really fun. Um, I did not listen when someone said. You don't need to watch them in order. You can pick it up. I was like, I have a feeling I do. I'm here to tell you, you don't. If you just kind of want to jump into three or four, feel free. Um, I would say fun. watch one and then skip two and then go three. You won't even know you missed anything. I would. Because I haven't seen two. And I went from one to three recently. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty seamless. I'll say this. No one is introduced to number two that is not. Uh, no one's introduced in that film that carries through that you're like, oh, no, I missed their introduction. What do they do? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I don't think Simon Pegg is introduced in number two. So nope. anyway. Nope. Uh, yes, I would say that. And I'm also going to do a hot take. Um, I would say that Mission Impossible is a superior spy series to James Bond. Hmm. We'll have to dive more into that later. I'm just saying, at this point, and I've seen my fair share of James Bonds, uh... There's something about the team aspect of this that makes it, uh, I, I think it makes it a little bit more fun. Uh, be sure to at Justin in the comments for that one. So <laughs> hit him up. What you think You're about welcome. That? Yeah. For me this week, yeah, I'm going to recommend uh, the new single from yes. Potion Seller from our boy Austin Reno, friend of the pod. Yes, uh, the band Potion Seller released a new single called Jerry. It's available on Spotify. It's available on YouTube. Uh, they have their own video that they put together. Again, that's Potion Seller, all one word. Check it out. It's a great song. Really enjoy it. It's kind of like emo-ish rock sort of stuff like that. It's great. It's a really good track. I love it. And I want to show our boy Austin some love. He's he's doing it, man. He and his band Potion Seller. So check them out. They're good stuff, man. It's good oh, stuff, yeah. man. 
Well, thank you all for hanging out with us this week. As always, check out all of our socials uh, at MindGap Podcast. Check the link in the description below for links to our Discord, to our merch, to our Patreon. Um, hit us up in the comments on whatever we talked about, whether you liked it, dislike, disagree, agree, whatever, all that stuff. We appreciate it. If you want to hit us in an email, it's MindGapPodcast at gmail.com. All that good stuff. Uh, like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. YouTube.com slash MindGapPodcast. Be sure to check out Justin online as well. On Instagram, at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It is the fun way of spelling it while you're in the online realm. Any platform where you can find and consume quality podcasts, you will find us. Go ahead and subscribe, uh, rate, review, share, like, whatever the hell you can do on there. The big one that we ask you to do is sharing because it is caring. Let people know we exist. That's how we stay alive. TuiStaith.com, TuiStaith on all social media, loveandimprovfilm.com, and loveandimprovfilm on Instagram. All right, gang. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And with that, I'll say, Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. And thank you again to everyone who's listening and watching. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.